Welcome to Conscious Culture, a podcast on the evolving future of work. I'm Sarah Hawley. And I'm Ren Matheson. Each week we bring you in on the conversations we're having about culture, business consciousness, and heart-led leadership. And on what's going on for each of us as leaders growing our companies side by side. Ren is the CEO of Grow My Team. Sarah is the CEO of Grow Motely. And And this this is is our world. world. Hey, sister, how are you? Hello. Fabulous. How are you? I'm good. So you're at mm-hmm. home? I am. I'm in Port Macquarie. Been away for like, oh, you've been like in and out the last month, right? I have for the past five weeks. So I did the trip from Sydney to the centre, so Uluru. And then I was home and then I went to the Blue Mountains and I went for a meditation retreat, came back home and then randomly flew to Darwin for just over a week, which is at the top of Australia. Um, spent some time there and landed back in Port Macquarie two days ago. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. We have been recording all over the place. I have just been mm-hmm. in Colorado the whole time, I think. So I'm at my mountain home in Colorado. It's beautiful right now. Oh. I'm, I'm like loving it. It took me a couple of weeks to decompress from being in Austin for like seven months, um, mm-hmm. which is probably the longest I've been anywhere. And it took me a couple of weeks to just like find my groove back in my nature. And now I'm like, oh, so happy like wake up in the morning Mm. early and I have like coffee and the sun's streaming through the pine trees outside and oh man it's so good it's so good that sounds delicious do you find that each place brings something different out in you totally yeah yeah it's like when I'm in the city even though I'm not like I don't go into the city doing stuff necessarily I'm not like obviously commuting or (laughs) even barely ever do I go downtown in Austin but like we live closer to downtown, like maybe uh, probably one between one and two kilometers, I would say from from downtown. So we're living like in that kind of environment. But I can collectively feel the energy like so much more mm. viscerally of like the week and the work week and just the busyness that's around. Um, mm. And even just like living so much closer to people, like we have neighbors like right next door and five doors down, one of my best friends lives in our street. So like, there's just activity and action going on all the time. Like I can go out in my backyard and I can hear my neighbors on their telephone calls and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But here it's like, oh, it's this really much slower pace of life. Like everywhere outside my house is trees. Every window I look out, I just see trees and Mm -hmm. I go for my walks down the street with baby Luca or with freedom. And I just see like mountains and blue sky Mm. and nature everywhere. And it just, it sinks into your bones, like the slowness Mm. and the stillness and the, I also happen to live in a ski resort where most of the neighbors that I do have, it's their second homes and they're never here. So I do actually have some neighbors, although there's way more space between us than in, in the city. Um, but they're also never here. So it's like, it's very, very (laughs) quiet where I live and Mm. I, I love it. It's so it brings out this like extra space um, for me to be creative. That's what I find Mm. a lot of like sometimes in, in the city, I have this like high energy vibe where I'm getting a lot done and there is some creative stuff getting done in there, but here it's like, there's more space for all of that, like brainstorming Mm. and like downloads to come through and like bigger picture creative stuff that I might be working on then for a while. It's, it's really cool. How beautiful that you can have both. Mm. 
To How amazing, huh? I feel the same. And especially because, you know, we we do, we move around a lot. And I love the hustle and bustle of the city and that energy sometimes. But Port Macquarie is my bliss bubble. I get to come back here and I too am surrounded by nature and wildlife. And it just feels so, I feel so grounded here. And I'm able to access more of myself, I think, because there's stillness. There's more opportunity for stillness. Mm. And you live so on good. the coast as well, right? Because sometimes I call you and you're going to get coffee at the beach and stuff. Yes, I am. A oh. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've got rainforest, we've got the mountains, and we've got the ocean. It's just beautiful. I love that. Mm. I used to live in Coogee lucky. in Sydney and I loved like, I lived right on the beach and it was so nice every morning just to get up and like go get a coffee and sit by the mm. beach or something. So good. It's beautiful. Well, it must be good for you to be home a couple of days in. That's always nice. It always feels so mm-hmm. good. I just actually last week went and bought loads of plants because I'd been away for seven months and I had my place on Airbnb and I had more guests than I ever usually have because I'm usually in and out, in and out. So I have a couple of guests in between, but I had so many over the whole winter and everything and most of my plants had died. So I went to the Lowe's the other day and I bought like 10 house plants, I think. (laughs) The car, I'm like, we're having a forest in the home and outside the home. Great. Really good. I am a sucker (laughs) for living plants inside the home. I just think it just brings a little bit more life in. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I absolutely love it. It's a bit of a shame that they died when when you were gone, though. No one's taking care of them. Mm. I know. I tried to always message my Airbnb guests and be like, hey, do you mind like watering my plants? But and I tr- I try to buy ones that are easier to care for as well. But seven months away, leaving them in the care of many random people, <laughs> like, <laughs> probably my odds were the odds were ever not in my favour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have given them like love infused water, you know, got them to sing to them or something. Mm-hmm. I love how that actually really works. But oh, how cool is that? You got new ones to love. Maybe just think about some cactus and succulents, you know. Yeah, exactly. And Colorado is a desert, so that would probably probably work quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, what is on my mind this week that I would like to talk mm-hmm. about is, um, so it kind of started from a Grow My Team thing, but so there was, yeah, I, I really want to talk about this. I wrote about it. If anyone subscribes to my newsletter, Rise, um, I wrote about it in that and I wrote like, quite a lengthy piece about it, but I think it's such an interesting topic. So there was a potential client coming to grow my team who emailed you and had decided that they weren't going to go ahead because they weren't okay with paying people in other parts of the world less than what you would pay in whatever country they were from, which, mm-hmm. you know, they are from a, their, their business is set up in a more I don't know what you call it, prosperous economy than other economies in the world, let's just say. But the thing that got me was that they asked you to pass that feedback on to the owner of the company. Um, and that, you know, I'm something about oppression that they're not interested in being part of something that's oppressive and that um, it might be val- valuable feedback for the owner of the company. And it was so interesting because it like really um, upset me. <laughs> Like I sat with it a lot and I was like, what, what is this? And I think part of me is like just being referred to as the owner of the company. I had this response of like, I'm not like some asshole guy. I don't even know why I say guy, but I'm not some asshole person <laughs> like sitting in my ivory tower being like, ha, 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 I don't care about anything. I'm like, I'm just a 
person just like them hustling, you know, started this company, you're now running it. Um, Mm -hmm. like we're just doing our best. So I think there was that. And I always have that feeling when, um, someone criticizes me is like, I want them to see me. I feel like, see Mm -hmm. me, I'm a human. I'm doing my best just like you. And I, I've had that, like, that's such a strong kind of story for me of like wanting to be seen and understood. Um, because Mm -hmm. I think, well, most of us, you know, we don't ever intentionally do anything wrong. So when we have upset someone or hurt them, it's like, fuck, I didn't actually mean to do that. And you want Mm -hmm. them to know that. Anyhow, so I sat with it a lot. Um, But once I was able to let go of my own like hurt feelings or whatever, (laughs) um, the topic is just so fascinating and interesting to me because I don't know how to solve it. Um, And the topic Mm -hmm. is how do you pay people in a global context, in a global team? So we have like, and I wrote about this in my in my Rise email, but it's like, okay, we have some one school of thought, which is like you pay everyone the same no matter where they're located, which is fine if you are in the country, if your company is set up in the country that's more prosperous and you say, okay, we're going to pay everyone who's in XYZ role $100,000. That's great. Like you may be able to afford to do that as a company and you will get people from all over the world and that's great you know, everyone will accept that role. If you're in a country that is less prosperous, where the wage would be $20,000 for that same role, you're not going to be able to hire very many people if everyone can go work for the companies that are located in locations where they can pay more money. So I wonder what the long tail of a strategy like that does to global economies. And the other thing that I think about with it, so while On the one hand, it seems fair because the person is bringing the same amount of value. So the company can Mm -hmm. say, well, that's what they're worth to me. But you're actually paying some people far greater than others. Because if you live in New York City, for example, Mm -hmm. the cost of your apartment is like five times what it might cost someone who lives in Manila, not only to rent an apartment, but to live, to provide for their family, to do everything. And I just... So that's one school of thought that I've never quite been able to understand. Mm. Like I can see the flaws in it, although I can see the ideals in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. But you are then tipping the scales back the other way too. So the quality of living living skyrockets in one area and then it doesn't for another. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then there's the like pay, well, what we do is pay local wages, but there's the Mm -hmm. exploitative side of that that happens as well, right? Where there's BPOs and that's business processing outs business process outsourcing for people who don't know, like big huge, usually big huge buildings with lots and lots of desks. They call them seats. And you know, this is what the typical like the call centers that got outsourced or whatever. But it's typically more like outsourcing and usually those local companies are definitely paying like the lowest wages they can pay. Um, I mean, no, I shouldn't even say usually. There's lots of different variants, but there would be exploitation going on there. We know it. We've seen it over the years. Countries and companies in more prosperous regions paying really cheap wages in other parts of the world, which are local wages, but they're probably quite low and sometimes they are unfair. And then we have the model 
that we try to do, which is similar model. It is paying local wages, but it's the person who applies the role, puts forward the rate that they want. And then Mm -hmm. between them and the company, you negotiate, which doesn't eliminate the company still potentially taking advantage of someone who doesn't know their worth. Um, And even if I just think about like women and men in the same country, like we know through all the studies that women often put forward a lower rate than their male counterparts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the company might be willing to pay that extra 10% or whatever. Like we're not talking about five times the salary. We might be talking about like, you know, 10% more or 15% more or something, but people don't actually know what their worth is, even their worth in their local economy. So I can see the flaws in all the arguments and I don't know what the solution is. I'm super interested in where digital currency and everything is going to go and, um, that could change things dramatically. Um, but I don't know. So that was my week. I was like mulling over that and trying to extract my own personal feelings of offense. And the last thing I want to be seen is like someone that's oppressing people when in actual fact, I'm so passionate about, you know, creating meaningful work for as many people as physically possible. Um, so I was like, I don't want to be like, I was, I was actually sitting with it with an open mind of like, if I'm creating this multi-billion dollar opportunity and, and I use the money as the, just to kind of represent the size of the opportunity with remotely. But I really do believe that one day at some point in time, it's how many of us, most of us potentially will be finding our work and engaging in work is on the remotely platform. But I want to be sure that I'm not. Um, and the example I used in my email was the guy who made the coffee, plastic coffee capsules. That's like this amazing convenient way to get coffee. You put it in that machine and that, but it, I mean, imagine how much extra landfill. And apparently, I don't really know the story, but apparently he woke up years later and was like, oh my God, why did I create that? It could even be a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who created it, but, but I don't want to be the person that like unknowingly creates this huge social problem that I didn't actually foresee um, that now exists. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was sitting with a lot of like, how do we, because back to the original, the start of what I was saying, like we don't generally go out with the intention to be an asshole or create a big problem or hurt other people or create inequality or whatever. But sometimes we do it without realizing because we just haven't understood an issue fully or an issue is hard to be understood until it's at scale. Absolutely. What do you mm. think? <laughs> Well, I think that the best place for us to start is by admitting that we don't have the solution for it. We just don't right now. And the more that we can have these types of conversations and we invite other people to have them as well, whether they accept or decline, um, then that it's there. We can start to unpack it and we can put our minds together. I think that it's going to be an ever, ever sort of growing um, conversation that we're having, especially because people are starting to wake up to their worth and we're looking at skills and we're also then looking at what will we sacrifice to be in a position that we love. And this is where we're talking about the alignment there because I certainly know that I would take a pay cut to be in positions that I feel like my soul is in alignment with that. My purpose is is thriving because then I'm not looking at the monetary value as much, like still. And like you said before, when you mentioned remotely, you're talking about it, the size of it and the opportunities as well though. But yeah, I don't think there's any easy fix for any of it. Um, and I guess like what you've just touched on that um, is apparent to me as well is like, money's not the only thing we get from working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we 
like you said, we mm-hmm. get this meaning, we get working with great people, the people we meet, the opportunities, mm-hmm. the brain exercise. Like, I mean, I love yep. the things that I get to work on and challenge Absolutely. myself. And there's a lot more reward that's not just financial. So this conversation happens to be around that, but it's mm-hmm. oversimplifying it as well to like have it only about that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, it's like getting to know each of your team members or the people that you're potentially going to be hiring to ask them what it is that they want, because they may be okay with a certain income because yes, it covers their basic cost of living, but maybe they want more professional development. Maybe they want health insurance. Maybe they want all of these perks that are going to stimulate other aspects of themselves because it can't just be a conversation about money. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Cause that doesn't really signify much. Not well, in this new workforce, not in the new world. Exactly. I mean, the the survey that I did back in my wealth enhancers days of millennials was, I think it was around 86% of respondents said they would move jobs to or, or stay in a job that they loved that was more like purpose-driven and everything for either the same or less money. Like basically it was only 14% that said I would move just for more money. Mm-hmm. Like that would be my deciding factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's always going to be some individual thing. Has to identify with their own values and what it is that they're striving for, where their goals are, but ultimately makes us a sense of identity and knowing what it is that we're pushing for. But that's where we are now becoming more equipped as leaders to understand it and identify what each individual wants and needs. That's our process. That's how we nurture them. That's how we allow them to access their fullest potential is asking those types of questions. So even when it comes to sourcing people and doing through the interview process, actually getting to know all of those aspects of them so that then you have a little bit of a negotiation there as well and going, okay, we may not be able to pay you all of what you want, but these are the other things that we can provide you in the interim. And we have this discussion a lot in terms of then how do we make it a little bit more scalable? How do we have conscious conversations with people and be fully transparent? Because we're not always in a position financially to be able to always give people what it is that they they want straight away. And also, I've also seen it the other way where employees can come and be super overzealous and just be like, yeah, well, you know, Jack from the United States is getting paid $12,000 a month. So that's just what I want because I've looked and we match the same criteria. But it's like, well, again, we do have to take in all factors and really educate ourselves on what that looks like. I mean, another route that we've been discussing, oh, sorry. Lately, no, though, is what if we found <laughs> delays here? What if we found a, a kind of um, a kind of average? Like if you get some of the the top, like top paying countries and the lower paying ones, and then mush it all together and find an average. But still, like it's never going to get away from what it is that people really want and need, and what they're going to demand within themselves, mm-hmm. and then to their employers as well. And it's always hard because, you know, the people that live in the more expensive places, they're not going to be able to earn, like take a pay cut to work, like a big pay cut. They can't, they can't earn less than what they need to survive basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's so easy to look at it from one side. And Mm -hmm. the other thing I wrote in my article was about like companies are not just bottomless money pits. Like some of them are and and companies get to a stage where there's much more abundance in financial resource, but a lot of smaller to medium businesses, which is primarily the businesses that both of our companies work with, um, growing companies, things that companies that are working on some really exciting stuff, but might be earlier on in their journey. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it is really about how do we 
stretch the dollar further to be able to create the thing we're trying to create in the world and make the impact. And I mean, one of the things that I look at in Gromotely, for example, we have a big vision, a big mission. Right now we have, I think there's 12 of us now working on it. But when I look at like what our actual monthly wage pool is, if I was hiring those people and having to pay a San Francisco salary or whatever, I'd probably have three or four team members and that's, Mm -hmm. that's it. So is it one thing that I'm proud of is like, I'm providing 12 opportunities instead Mm -hmm. of four. And the other thing that I know that I can say with integrity for my business is that, you know, I'm so excited about financially rewarding everyone when we get there well beyond anybody's wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what gets exciting. And obviously I'm, you know, coming from my perspective right now and, you know, someone will probably play this back to me when I'm a (laughs) thousands of person company (laughs) and, you know, the, the, the challenge for me and why I want to do this and why I want to go on this journey is to explore like, how do I hold these things that are important to me and important to our organization as we grow and as we scale and expand. But Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's it. Like I really, I think it comes down to us as leaders and business owners to really identify what it is that we have to offer and Mm -hmm. where we're willing to take that and how far we're willing to stretch and the promises that we're willing to make to our employees as well as going, you grow, like we grow, you grow with us. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my, like our family values is um, ultimate champions. One wins, we all win. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how we want to live. And that's ultimately how we see doing business as well is that if one succeeds, we should all succeed and there should be fair reward across that. But it's, it's a continual conversation. Mm -hmm. It has to be. It totally does. Yeah. I mean, Something that, I mean, in Grow My Team, obviously 10% of the company is carved out for the team in terms of profit share and equity. That's something that I did in Wealth Enhancers and then I did again in, in Grow My Team. And I've been thinking about it for Grow Motely because like I would like to be able to do something like that, but it is a different type of business. So Grow My mm-hmm. Team, you know, it will it can grow and scale, but it's also like... <sighs> Sometimes what the energy feels like to me is that concept of a small giant, like a really impactful company, but it doesn't necessarily have thousands of team members. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's still kind of more manageable to imagine this 10% carved out for the team. What I've been trying to, like my idealistic mind is like, I want, I've been playing with this idea that every stakeholder in Gromotely owns part of the business somehow. And I had thought about it a while ago, like sometime last year, maybe at least six months ago, but I would say a bit more. And then I kind of dropped it because I thought, oh, I'm probably just being like way too utopian. Like that's not realistic Mm -hmm. that remote professionals on the platform could own a part of it. Companies could own a part of it. The benefits partners, the HR and recruitments partners, like you guys, like everybody could own a part somehow and be rewarded when it's ultimately sold or whatever may happen, or even just rewarded through profit distributions along the way um, based on their contribution to the overall pie. Mm -hmm. And ironically, I literally just before this call was on, um, I'm an angel investor as well. And I was being pitched by um, a company called Pick My Brain, which is absolutely awesome, by the way. but the founder actually said the same thing that one of her visions for what she's trying to create with Pick My Brain, which is essentially a 
marketplace for knowledge. So people can list their profiles, people who are experts or what have you, they can list their profiles and people can book time with them to talk to them about stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Like unbelievable. Like this chick is dynamite. I love her already. Okay, Um, Maxine. Yeah. (laughs) Her name's Maxine. She's amazing. I can't remember her her last name right now. I'm sorry, Maxine. We'll put your last name in the show notes. Um, But when she said it, it just reignited. You know, it's that thing of like, you need to see it to Mm -hmm. see it to be it or something. But I was like, hang on, if she wants to do that, there's one other person at least in the world. And I know there's been others. Um, But maybe I do want to do that. Maybe I do want to pick that up and explore that more and look at how can I set aside a percentage of Grow Motely that is owned by the collective, the community, the ecosystem that is Grow Motely. So I'm mm-hmm. like, that's like just come up for me before before recording today. And I'm going to dive in. Her and I are going to have a conversation. I want to understand how far she's gotten on what it looks like. Um, because having significant investors and different things like that. Like, you know, I have to make sure I have the right legal frameworks and things in place, but man, I'm really excited about that because Mm. that's the kind of world I want to be a part of, you know, like not necessarily squabbling over like whether people are getting paid, you know, this tier or whatever it might be, but like, how can we collectively build something and realize that Mm. it's not just that one piece that's valuable to us, which is our monthly salary. Like there's a lot being a part Mm. of this I want, I want it to be that being a part of what I'm building, being a part of what we're building, this community of Gromotely is like a lot in itself. Like there's just value in that. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. A bit of fire in my belly. About yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm really grateful because it's like, mm. you know, I have like such a big vision and every so often I get pulled back into the, the normal world and I keep Mm. I get pulled back into that, like, oh no, but like, that's too far out there. You've just got to be like a little bit more, like do the thing that everybody does. And I'm like, wait, we're entering a new world. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a time to do what everybody does and has been doing. It's a time to rewrite the fucking future. Absolutely. All of those things that sound crazy, so did a lot before. No one would have imagined that we'd have anything that we did, like rockets that fly to the moon. That would have sounded nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've just got to believe in it and have that faith. And especially now, I think that that's where we we stand as visionaries. Mm-hmm. Totally. Got to do what other people would just think is completely bonkers and find other people that think it's nuts, but they're willing to do it as well. <laughs> I'm like, why not? It's all a fucking game anyway. Like we might as well play it to the fullest that yes. we want to play it. Like I don't want to be the person that sits around you know, at fucking intellectual dinner table conversations, uh, imagining a world that I'm not going to take any action on that I just talk mm-hmm. about. Like, no, I actually want to do it. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want to be someone who believes that the things that I can conceptualize, I can actually bring into reality because I've done it over and over again mm-hmm. in the past. And I've watched people. And like you said, we never would have gone to the moon or done any of those things if people didn't dream and be brave enough to act on their yeah. dreams. Absolutely. And I think I shared this with you in our most recent voice notes, but that conviction and that courage is then ultimately what gets people's buying, right? You believe it, they believe it. It's an absolute mirror effect. And Mm -hmm. then that's where the most profound co-creative experience can occur. It's this ripple effect. And then it's this mutual manifestation that, that evolves and it transforms. And that's where the, you know, never believed becomes the believed and it becomes everything that people are witnessing. And it just starts with one person having that conviction. 
That's how magnificent it is. And you are definitely that person. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm willing to do all the crazy shit in the world. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Sorry, do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Oh, that's so cool. Well, speaking Great conversations. Of I know. Speaking of manifesting things, my book, my book is live today. That's uh, exciting. Yes, it is. I am so I'm so excited to get an actual tangible copy. Have it in my hands. Yeah, you can pre-order the congratulations um, hardcover and paperback now. The Kindle's already like if you buy the Kindle, it'll come straight away, and then the pre-order for the mm. other two, which I think ships out in a week. So. That's pretty exciting, but yeah, that's it's such a journey, right? To just create something that, yeah, well, it didn't exist and now it does, and now I actually get to like touch it, and yeah, I'm so excited, very proud. Today. And there it is in its fullest form. I am so incredibly proud of you. Thank you. I love seeing it out there, and I'm excited to continue to see all of the reviews. Which let's just drop that in there when you order it on Kindle or you pre-order your hard copy, get on Amazon and review it. Yes, please do. <laughs> Reviews make all the difference. It's like a different, I my last book, Get Rich Slow, was published in 2013 and I was published by Wiley in Australia. And uh, yeah, it was a whole different game back then, but um, Amazon is for sure the dominant player when it comes to book sales now. So back in 2013, I was in every bookstore in Australia. So my publisher got us into every single like major bookseller in Australia. So it was like the best outcome we could get basically. Um, Mm -hmm. But this time it's like my publisher is like not that concerned about bookstores. He's like, we need to dominate on Amazon first, then bookstores will order it. But like, don't worry about that. Like people buy everything, buy all their books on Amazon now. I'm like, whoa, like, and Amazon (laughs) existed then and people bought a lot of books on Amazon then, but it seems Mm. as though it's shifted a little bit. Um, We are absolutely global. in that huh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so exciting congratulations well it's beautiful to witness and again something I shared in another voice note which we'll start have to pull some of these out of the archives but um <laughs> is that it is it's just it's incredibly inspirational to witness you in that space where I see your manifestations come to fruition and to really see that. And that's why I'm so excited to have that tangible copy because I've read it multiple times. Um, But to actually really have that hard copy in my hands and know that that's come through you is just amazing. I can't wait. Thanks for being on the journey with me. Yes. What a ride. So how's things with you? Oh, things are amazing. They've been somewhat challenging over the past few weeks. As we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I've been in and out. I've checked in, checked out. And that has brought a phenomenal amount of opportunity for me to reflect on my leadership and what it takes to really be a CEO and be that type of leader that I want to be and be a woman of my integrity and how to uh, you know, come in and nurture when needed, but also step back and let people find their own way and give people full ownership and sovereignty on their roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, sometimes we need to take that breather. I think we discussed it when I maybe when I was in the camper travelling at that point. I'd learnt a few lessons then. Um, and I've certainly learnt over the past week because at this point when I was away in Darwin, I was actually away for um, a dear friend of mine that had had an accident, so I really needed to be there and I needed to show up 110%. Um, Firstly, my kids had to give me permission to be able to do that because I had to take away the nurturing and the time that I had with them. Um, and then also I needed that sort of, not permission, but I suppose that that 
acknowledgement and that reassurance from the team. They were like, yep, absolutely go and be there because it took a lot of my time and energy and I needed to give that. Um, It also then made me look at, okay, where is my energy being directed? And I could see that it started to get a little murky when I'd stepped away like that because I wasn't tapping in at all. Um, the teams like that we still operated just fine. There was no major disasters, but I have come in going, oh, hang on, like don't undersell the amount that you you do energetically and otherwise when you are there monitoring things, even just having like 15-minute check-ins with people to see how they're going. And just my presence alone has mm-hmm. a lot more of an impact than what I think I was giving myself credit for. Um, so it's definitely made me come back in with fresh eyes and a clear perspective on how I want to navigate that a little bit better moving forward. And also if times like these come up again, what will I put in place in terms of like still energetically monitoring things? Because as I've mentioned in the past, I'm heavy on the energetics of, of business. So mm. it's like, I really honor you though, for the way you're able to observe it. And I think that in my experience as well, it's not, not to go away and do things for yourself because we need to, Mm. like whether it's a planned vacation or a retreat or something, or whether it's an emergency situation for ourselves or someone we need to support. Like this is part of life just as much as running a company is part of life. Um, And as you pointed out, like everything tends to just run along, but it is really beautiful to witness the energy that the CEO slash founder slash leader slash co-founder, whatever Basically, the whoever's holding the vision, whoever's in that leadership role in the company, you know, they mm-hmm. do contribute so much to the momentum and the energy and the galvanization of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that the company can't survive for a minute without it, but like as you said, I think your words were like not to undersell like what you do actually bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that influence that it has. And like, I feel it's the same even with being with my kids at home. I may not have to do anything with them, but it's just my presence of being here. And it's also like not to come back and be like, oh, you know, they didn't do it as well without me. Like, you know, blaming it on them or something. It's like, no, I have a role in the business. And that is my role. I walk side by mm-hmm. side with my mm-hmm. team and that's the spot that I take up. So of course, mm-hmm. if I'm out a little mm-hmm. bit, that spot is kind of, you know, that whatever I usually contribute is not being contributed as much. And I hold that position in the team and they, they need that. They, they kind of galvanize around me. Um, so I think it's like to own as well, like the high, the, the pros and cons of like taking time out or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it was very much necessary, but also, yeah, like I said, I've come back in and I've got a fresh perspective. And one of the most exciting things that I've felt in a little while is that, you know, just we're going to sort of reassess the vision and it's not completely remodeling everything, but it's that um, I felt a lot of my own internal disruption as a leader because I've, I've opened up a lot more to the world. And even like we were talking about in terms of, sort of being seen as maybe people that are trying to oppress, I've really recognised and I was reflecting on that a lot as well in terms of, well, what is it that, what is it that people really see? Because we as individuals certainly don't want to be seen for what we are not and that we're conscious and we're caring and considerate and exploring these things. But how is our language being used in Grow My Team and what are we really saying in terms of the brand and the energy that's around it? Um, And it just activated this deeper fight within me of going, 
I want to really make some noise in that. Like you said as well, we don't, we're not big. We're, we're smaller and we're humble and we're running a lean and it's beautiful and we can have a really dominant presence without, you know, taking up too much space. But I want that presence to be known mm-hmm. and for there to be no confusion over what we're fighting for and how we're showing up, especially because we do consider ourselves as leaders in conscious culture and, you know, engaging with leaders and their teams and, and transforming the way that people can exist and coexist. So that's the exciting bit that I'm going to be working on. So I'm going to sit with Greta, who is the energy of Grow My Team, and we've got some um, some deep work to do over the next couple of weeks to transform oh. that and regalvanize. I love hearing <laughs> you t- talk like that. Turns me on. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. Uh, so amazing to just hear someone in their power, you know, and just when you know that that conviction and that that knowing, that gnosis, is that what they say? That's that it's just so strong and it's so unwavering and it's so there. It's like such a beautiful thing to witness. So thank you. That was really nice to witness. (laughs) I likewise. Uh, Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been, it's been an interesting week, I think for both of us. Um, Mm. And I'm grateful to have unpacked it with you here today. I think I would love to hear anybody's thoughts actually as well on um, the stuff that I was talking about, but, but also on that kind of the, the world we live in as leaders and founders of like how important our energy is in our companies and how we manage it. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on that. Um, we've set up a new email address, podcast at growmotely.com. So feel free to drop us a line anytime on that. Ask us anything. We will, what we're thinking of doing in future episodes is answering any of those questions at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, if there's just anything that you find interesting that you would like to see us create other content or downloadable or whatever it might be, um, just shoot us an email podcast at growmotely.com and let us know. um, And we will gladly get onto that. Um, have you got anything else that you want to talk about today? Anything else going on on Grow My Team that you want to oh. plug? Uh, <laughs> you can do that here. I'm going to plug. There's always a plug. There's a always a plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have just launched a new campaign of just taking curiosity calls. So we want to know what people are curious about. There's a lot that we're having to offer. Um, Sorry, my cat. Your cat's curious. Feral back. (laughs) So she's a curious little cat. Um, Yeah. So we're we're offering the opportunity for people to book in curiosity calls and get to know our team, get to understand a little bit more about what we're doing, um, and just reach out and make those inquiries. So we can leave that in the what are we calling this thing? Yep, we'll put them in the show notes. Show notes. Yeah. (laughs) Graham, our incredible editor, we'll put them in the show notes. Um, so from me, so my new book, as we discussed, Conscious Culture is now available on Amazon in Kindle format. You can also order the paperback and hardcover now, and they will be shipped out next week. If you prefer audiobook, I did record it myself. So you can continue to hear the dulcet tones of my voice and I'll read the whole thing <laughs> to you. <laughs> That'll be available likely in July. Um, so my publisher hasn't given me a date on that, but he did say around July and I will definitely let you all know. If you are hiring, of course, sign up to Grow Motely, post jobs for free, um, always free to post jobs. We would love to help you. And I guess final thing is best way to support this show. If you do like it, if you like the direction we're going in, 
We would love it if you could leave us a review because just like the reviews on my book on Amazon, mm-hmm. the reviews on our podcast go a long way to have our show creep up the ranks. And, you know, we're here to make an impact, make a splash, make a difference in the world. So mm-hmm. we would love those reviews and we thank you in advance. And I think that's it. It was great. That's it. Wrap it up, sister. Love you. Lots of love. <laughs>